Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of making things happen because you want it to. If you think really, really hard, or you might get a headache or, you know, but yeah, it could happen. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about using psionic powers in a society. So anyways, so having, you know, uh... You know, and and the funny thing is, is that if you have when if people have had psionic powers for a long time, they basically might be you know they they re- give resistant to the idea of using technology to replace them. I mean, we have we have that now. I mean, not, we don't have psychic powers. We have that now. Oh, robotics is going to take over our job, and you know, yeah, we have that already. Right in Fallout seventy six, the game, the miners fought having robots come in and replace them. Okay, even uh, though the, the the robots were only supposed to do the jobs that were really, really dangerous and miners were getting hurt doing them, they were supposed to just do those jobs, okay, and not do all the jobs, like running the tram cars and all the other things like that. But they the miners were so afraid that once this started, they were going yeah. to just replace, you know, it was just going to be yeah. a robot-only place, that they literally, you know, went in and destroyed the robots, you know, and, uh, and and had riots and things like that. So, you know, people, you know, you can see the street sweepers, you know, oh, yeah. or you can see, you know, the, the people that are handling hazardous materials or, you know, let's say... Um, you know, uh, uh, people in uh, the chemical industry, where yeah. you know they all these feedstocks going through boilers and all these things like that. It's, it's all very automated now, you know, and has all kinds of specialized machines to do controls. But you know, at one time you had people, you know, becoming mad as hatters because they were working with mercury and they were working yeah. with uh, 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 with sulfur and they were working with what you know whatever's in pee. Because you know that P was used to uh, 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 toughen up materials like leather and other things like oh, that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you had psychic abilities that could do probably, some of these. Probably things. uric acid. Probably would be. Yeah. But uh, but I'm saying if you had psychic people with psychic powers that could do these kinds of things, they might be very because you know, they're afraid of losing their jobs. You know, then they might be very resistant to any tech, the development of any technology that could, you know, could give them better lives where they didn't, you know, where they could go on and do another job, you know, because. Well, it, yeah, I could. Well, it's the whole thing of like, let's say you're getting the robots done to do hazardous stuff. What if these people signed on? Yeah, I'm doing the hazardous stuff, but you're also paying me, you know double what the normal worker is because I'm willing to put myself on the line to do this. And now you're taking me off the line. Are you going to put me in a job where I now get half the pay I've been getting all this time? Yeah, no, it's they. yeah. See, it's, this is the reverse of your, of, of your example of uh, the Island Genesee. Okay. Where people were being forced to do hazardous jobs. Okay. Here they're saying is that no, you can't take those hazardous yeah. jobs away from us. Okay, we want those hazardous jobs. Or what am we, I going are, to do with myself yeah. if yeah. I can't do my job? <laughs> or, or you're gonna, or, or like I said, it's like they're getting it. it it's oh god, the crab show, the the, the 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 ships, the crabs, Discovery Channel. Okay. Deadliest catch. Oh, deadliest catch. Yes. These people get paid like what seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to be on these ships, and they're gone for ten months. No, they're gone they for know- ten days. Oh, okay. I thought it was a. It's lot ridiculously short period of time. Yes. Yeah, but they're getting paid like six-digit figures. Yes. Knowing the- full well if they get, and I've I've watched a few episodes back in the days when I had cable, like ten years ago, and I'm going. Oh no! They go over the edge. There's no saving them. You're in freezing water instantly. You're dead as soon as you hit that water. Yeah, but you're getting paid like you know, 
a six-digit figure to do this job. It is considered one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet. And yeah, no, they, they're accepting the risk because they know the reward benefits outweigh the risk of exposure. Right. The, the, the people yeah. that put uh, that used to put out um, oil well fires. Yeah, them too. You know, like the incredibly yeah. dangerous jobs. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And then they say, well, we'll just go and set off a bomb and blow, blow it out. And they're like, you know, well, and, and and the thing is, is that, you know, and, and first of all, that puts them, that puts them out of a job. But secondly, is, is it, you can see the bean counters. Is it cheaper to replace the worker that might die if he does this? Or is it, you know, uh, or is it rather than replace the entire metal structure in the top of the wellhead that's going to get yeah. blown up whenever this, they set this thing off? Yeah, and the thing is, they're blowing up. First of all, you're using a bomb to stop a fire. Gee, what could possibly go wrong there? Yeah. Well, it's just, on the surface. It's definitely safer there than underneath oh, the well, ground. Still, just, yeah, I'm hearing you. I know, and bomb. that's what the people are saying. No, no, let's let these guys do it. It's safer that way. Safer for who? The, you know, the, 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 uh, the investors? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean... You know, usually, but I'm not saying, but yeah, these are the conversations that go on. We and yeah. pe and there's lots of people that don't want to change anything because this is the way you've always done it, or you know, and especially if any kind of a positive spin has been put on your job, you know, the the loss of status, the loss of you know uh, whatever, you know, you could by by going to another job that's safer, that that is you know perhaps uh, you know something you could do but it isn't what you chose to do and that's and that's where you run in, into these kinds of problems you know and 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 they say a, 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 a culture that has psionic powers where you know again they, they they would resist anything that keeps them from doing their job now if it, if, if the technology augments what they can do now we're, we're talking differently okay but that's a harder path you know it's yeah you know how the uh, you know where where does the tech technology come from you know does it you know how how does it get developed to the point where it could actually help you versus what you could already do as we talked about okay so uh, you know and uh, so that that's where like I said if everybody has powers you know then of course everybody's in all these places and you have all these jobs that are super powered you know, psychic powers, but they're closely involved with the workforce. Oh, God, there's an anime that I know you've probably seen. I, the name blank, I'm blanking on the name, but I know my kid watches it. And it's basically you have pyrokinetics putting out fires because they can just Fire build a fire. Thank you. That, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, I thought anime. about that. Yeah, they're using yeah, all kinds okay. of technology because they got these people that explode into flames and they're trying to stop them. Yeah. It, it just, it's like, wait a minute, powers and jobs. I'm like, oh, crap, Shelly told me about this, and so do the kids at work. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Right, okay. So then, but then we have the situation where you have specials, where psionic is, is unusual, but it's not so rare that you can't incorporate it into a society. You have to now choose how you use it. You know, where, where would it, you know, uh, where would it be worthwhile to add it in comparison to the technology that probably already exists? You know, do we do we you know do we spend time trying to figure out how to to better use our people with psychic powers, or do we spend our time developing smarter machines or you know better processes? And a lot of that has to do with as we talked about the the force, the power. How much can that psychic person do with their powers because you know uh, a refinery is a could be a really huge thing you know and you know and and it it and it operates 24 7 and it can just pump out you know uh millions of gallons of whatever it is that you want you know and you may not have enough psychics to basically do the equivalent so what are you going to use their your psychics to do that can't be done better or cheaper or more reliably, you know, you know, uh, by a machine or by technology. And I'm totally blanking on that. Wow. 
Uh, yeah. First of all, emergent tasks. Tasks where the technology doesn't exist. Space travel. Uh, doctoring, you know. You know, being able to, to see at the uh, molecular level. You know, okay. if you have powers that can do that sort of thing, then, uh, you know, uh, you might be able to, you know, do stuff that they haven't developed a machine to do, you know, the, the, a scanning electron microscope. You know, if, you know, if you could do that, you know, they, they might have microscopes, but they may not have scanning mi electron microscopes and you can see further. So yeah. the other stuff, you're like, no, no, we'll let, we'll let, you know, these guys do that. Okay. But you, we need to concentrate on doing this thing. Okay. Um, and again, from another one of my stories, I had a guy uh, who had a power that allowed him to teleport objects absolute distances. Okay. So, and he, his absolute distance was very large. So he was able to take people and supplies and teleport them to the surface of the moon. Okay. Okay. So now in, this was being done in Bureau 13. So, you know, there's a whole thing about, well, if you're launching, you know, supply missiles into space all the time, maybe you could like put something in there that could then fire off and go, you know, this is a covert way of doing this. Okay. Versus like firing missiles that, you know, because if you've seen the television show for all mankind, they used Atlas missiles to send supplies to a lunar base. They just kept sending them, you know, and, and a uh, one, you know, uh, uh, an Atlas missile could carry a couple of tons because they were designed to carry nukes. They carry a couple of tons of payload and it would be able to get outside the atmosphere and go and, and, uh, land safely, you know, uh, on uh, at least safe enough on, on the moon that they could then go out and get the stuff and you get their air and water and, and, yeah. and food that they need in order to maintain their lunar base. Okay. So, uh, you know, here you have, you know, a, a supply chain that works perfectly fine. Don't need no psychic, but then something happens, something breaks, somebody gets hurt, you know, uh, just something happens and you need something right away. Well, having somebody who can teleport absolute distances uh, or send a bunch of people there might be very, very useful to have. Yeah. So, you know, having people that have the ability to respond to, in, you know, indeterminate threats things that don't resolve themselves into, you know, they, they have they have greater flexibility than a machine or a process that's built according to expect expectations. And so you'd want them for those kinds of those kinds of things. As far as telepathy is concerned, you know, if you had a machine that could read the minds of, you know, or not machine, okay, bugs, okay, let's say you had, like, the ability to, like, you know, to seed the sky, you know, you have a plane, it basically drops miniature bugs all over Russia, okay, and Kremlin and stuff like that, so now everything has bugs, so you now you can pick up all this information from all these people talking, now someone has to sit down and resolve all these different conversations, piece the information together, you know, fi figure out what's important and what isn't. But then you've got this, this woman who has the ability to just intuit who she needs to reach, you know, just kind of can figure out who's the important one by reaching her mind out and link to that mind and get the information she needs. So yeah. I'm, I'm just saying is that somebody who has that kind of flexibility or and that kind of precision, you could have technology that handles the, the the more gross aspects of it, leaving the, the 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 tip of the spear to the psychics. And since, you know, like I said, they're special, there's not there's not a billion of them, that's a better use of them. I'm I'm just saying that this is where technology and you know is working with it. The technology may say this is where we need you to concentrate psychic, you know, and then the psychic goes and concentrates in that area. You know, the the you use the information gathering processes, just like we use computers to sift through mountains of information, you know, and, and at which point we can then send agents into to, you know, to find out information or task satellites to, you know, aim their, you know, their, their uh, cameras and whatever else they might do. So it's, uh, 
Uh, it's it's that kind of optioning. I'm saying that's that's the synthesis that I think we're tr- we're, we're we're trying to go for in a, in a, a in a society where there's a few, you know, but not only one person with psychic powers. How do we use them the most effective way possible? Since there's only a few of them, without just basically saying, "Yeah, we don't need them." Yeah, that that's try to find out their um, what's the term I'm looking for? Aptitudes. Yeah. Well, that would be the society doing something like, you know, if if they're, you said that they were rare, but unusual, but not rare. You would have to get to a point in the society, and it would probably be like a secret government agency or something. And they would have to do aptitude tests. Okay, what are your powers specifically doing? How can we use those powers to the best advantage for everybody concerned? Yeah. What kind of a job would you feel good doing? Me? No, I'm just saying. You, oh, you, you oh. want to ask these kind of questions. Yeah. What, yeah. what, well, what's, what sectors of, 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 of the society would you like to work in? And how do you see your, you know, as you say, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, how yeah. do you see your powers being useful, you know, to the corporation, to the state, to the, uh, you know, the, 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 the nation, you know, in five years? You know, and, and of course, if the person you're talking to doesn't have psychic abilities or psychic abilities, you can't just say, well, I want your job. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, yeah. He says, you know, that's that's not what we would be hiring you for. Right. <laughs> so. Well, as I said, there would have to be aptitude testing examples of the powers to see, okay, what is it exactly this telepath or this empath or this telekinetic or this cryokinetic or whatever, what can they do? Okay, we can put them here. And that would take some standardization on the the entity requiring the person's powers part. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, they'd have to understand what it is that are the requirements for any task so yeah, that they what? can see whether or not this person can do it faster, better, cheaper, you know, uh, whatever. We have all these holes. Where, where do we get the pegs and where do we put them? Yeah. Right. So... Yeah. You know, like one one of the biggest problems we had, you know, during the Cold War was making nuclear weapons, and the biggest problem about that was getting uh, weapon grade uranium. Yeah. You know, which required very big, uh, you know, uh, plants. Yeah. Plants that the... that would that would you know refine the uranium. Yeah, thank you. Refine. You know, That's... and by refining, I mean separating out the isotopes from the regular the the other uranium because they were all kind of isotopes you know but uh and then that was then used to make the the weapons okay if you had somebody who had the ability to just go and set you know separate out isotopes from each other you know all go to a different spot you know i mean that that person could like make your you know nuclear power so cheap that we, you know, we could have fallout where nuclear powers in cars and other things like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, uh, all, you know, so a- anywhere where, you know, a, a person with psychic powers has the ability to, to really radically change the um, economies of scale, you know, especially something that, you know, isn't like, you know, producing steel. Yeah. Okay. Something where it's like, you know, a, uh, a, a very specific thing that we need, like I said, making making those um, uh, those solar cells. Okay, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you're not going to, you're not, uh, you know, is, you know, we we have some robotic surgery devices, and you know, there's some things they can do, but right now we still don't have people that can do uh, uh, molecular surgery. We don't have people right. that can, you know, brain surgery is still a real iffy kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, being able to heal people, and a lot of these things are, you know, there's the critical time period. Okay, you can't have somebody laid open on a on an operating table for hours and hours. Even though they do right. that for things like heart surgery and other things like that, it's not good. It's The body yeah. can only take so much. So if you have someone who can do that job in half the time, even if they can't do it better, that could be really, really important. So, you know, that's where, you know, people who have, like, let's say, you know, psyche surgery, healing, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, people who can uh, uh, 
like some kind of like uh, psychic um, international um, uh, rescue, you know, like the uh, uh, on Thunderbirds, uh, yeah, Thunderbirds, yeah. yeah. You know, they uh, they they all uh, inside their big number two um, uh, heavy loader, heavy lifter. They you know, they would just shove in a, a a pod that had just the special equipment that they needed to do the job. Yeah. You know, because they had some guy that did nothing except sit around and invent you know, specialized equipment. Oh, yeah. Him, that, yeah. That, that were, his, and his name was Brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, from the live action movie directed by Jonathan Frakes. That was Anthony Edwards. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, I, I was remember. just really thinking about the puppet show, but, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. I, I you know, the, the show that had like five minutes of actual good stuff and then the rest of the show. You know, yeah. I was just, I was so disappointed. Um, but the first five minutes were awesome. Yeah, I barely remember Thunderbirds and Jerry Anderson and what is it? Super Marionation. You know. Right. Now they have since then, they did a, um, uh, they, they did a uh, CGI version of it. I remember that. Which is I excellent. Seeing, I mean, it's I remember just, seeing that on Showtime back in the day, yeah. like in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, it looks really good, and yeah. it's, it has it's really nice anime. It doesn't look silly in the sense that they're using right. puppets. Right. And then... You know, I mean, and I don't think that's silly, by the way. I love puppets. I have always loved puppet shows, and I have no trouble, you know, doing the mental, you know, uh, uh, you know, leaderman required to say, yes, that's a real person. Yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, here in Atlanta we have the Center for Puppetry Arts, and I love going down there oh, and okay. doing their show, yeah. watching their shows. They have really talented people, but uh, that doesn't mean I love every puppet show. I just couldn't get into Fraggle Rock. Okay, but Muppets Tonight, you know the, the Muppet Show. Uh we're talking satire at a whole new level. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, okay. So they so something like say something that. You know, basically takes what you can do now, and especially something you can do now well, and takes it to another level. At least until, you know, which will which will cause the people that create the technology to want to catch up, and it will galvanize the society to be more inventive, to be more creative. And of course, they're all going to be like, how can we use these special people in even better ways? So you know, everybody kind of wins in that kind of situation, as long as, you know, they don't feel that when they finally do catch up to them, because, you know, nobody, unless you're like Dragon Ball Z, nobody ever, you know, keeps going to astronomically high levels in their abilities, okay? They basically get to a certain point, and that's what they do. Yeah. You know, much like the, um, oh, uh, uh, the boys, okay? You know, Homelander's yeah. amazing, but Homelander... You know, never suddenly got the ability to carry a plane down to the ground. It would have been very helpful to him if he had been able to do it. <laughs> if you've seen the show, that's a, a problem for him. He's he had to let an entire plane load of people die because he couldn't. The plane lost the ability to control itself, and he wasn't able to carry his flight uh. ability. Didn't allow him to carry. He could pick up somebody, but he couldn't. He couldn't rescue the plane full oh, okay. of people. So they it crashed and and they all died. So instead, uh, you know, spoilers here. He decides that if he can't save everybody, he can't save anybody because then it just makes him look bad. So he literally lets the plane. He, he stop. You know, he doesn't rescue anybody unless the plane just go down and crash. That's when you know that you know Homelander is not a nice person. Oh no 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 no! That much I've known. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but uh, anybody who's seen the show is not in any way surprised by that statement. No, no. And they did, and they did the whole thing in the first episode. So I'm not. I, if you've seen the show at all, you, I, this isn't a spoiler. Anyways, the the point here is is that you know, uh, it's if you do have this this kind of tautology going on between people with powers and and. Uh, technology within the society that's trying always to catch up to them, eventually that is always going to happen. And that does cause a problem in the society because, I mean, you can only hope that nobody's going to be as awesome you know, as you. Nobody's going to figure out something as awesome as you, you know, during your life. 
uh, or maybe you hope that your children will have more power than you do. And no doubt there will be an entire organization whose job it is to try to figure out how you got your powers and increase them you know, exponentially in the next generation, especially if it's some kind of genetic thing, right? Yeah. So that's all, you know, that's going to happen. So no society is perfect. Even the best societies with, you know, people running around using their laser beam eyes and flying, you know, like the, you know, there, there still might be, you know, lots of good use. You know, I, I have one of the, in one of the examples I gave, I said, okay, you've got a whole lot of people who can fly. This is more important with the ever present. So you got a whole lot of people who can fly. Well, they can become construction workers because, you know, first of all, a whole bunch of them together can lift a large, heavy object, just like people can move like an entire barn. You've seen some of those shots of, you know, the Amish moving barn like a mile down a road. They just, just yeah. are all underneath there lifting up on, on boards yeah. and things like that. And they carry it with no trouble. If one person trips and falls down, it's okay. They're still, you know, the, the other 99% are still doing their, jo- yeah. doing the job. Right. So as long as you build in enough, uh, you know, uh, buffer redundancy, redundancy yeah. then yeah, you know, it, it, if someone fires a missile at the thing you're carrying, well, you know, if you were lifting it with a crane, it would probably fall. Okay. Yeah. So if you suddenly, everybody suddenly freaks out and lets go of the thing, it falls down, crashes after getting hit with a missile. Well, that also seems to make sense. That's not really, that's not really their fault. Okay. What kind of a sick person fires missiles at Amish? What do you got against them? Not the Amish, but the superpowered people. <laughs> well, yes, I, say, I, yeah, I see what yeah. you did there. Yes. You're the poor Amish. Yeah. Right. If you've ever been to a construction site, you know, th- things like cranes and things like that, they, you know, they take a, a huge amount of space. They close off roads. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you're... Well, while they have big, heavy objects and they're moving them around, you know, you've got, uh, you know, the police are closing off the road so in case something does drop, it's not going to crash down on people below. So if you have a lot of people who can fly, then first of all, you don't need scaffolding. They can just work. On, you know, The only scaffolding you need is to make sure the dropped objects don't fall down and pick up velocity and kill people. Okay, yeah. So you, know, you don't need the massive scaffolding that is currently being used. Uh, in building structures, okay, uh, people is you're going to build them a lot faster because people can move around to the places they need to be without having to be so careful because they're flying. Yeah. They don't have to worry about falling. Okay, uh, they, this is the objects can be you know easily carried from one location to another without you know uh, and and maybe they do have to you know the police down below ha- you know, they have a corridor you know and and the police basically they call down the police stop the traffic they go and fly it over they let the, then let the traffic go again and you don't have you know because you don't have this massive 150 foot tall boom with this 150 foot tall arm sticking yeah. out going across five six blocks at a time doing stuff okay you have a bunch of workers who are working together in a compact fashion to do things so you know is there you know you know some things you know obviously they're not you know unless they all have laser eyes they're not doing the they're using normal welding methods to to weld things okay but other jobs which are well suited for their special abilities they're doing those okay and they're and they're reducing the amount of things that have to be done you know by big, enormous, heavy, you know, pieces of technology that don't have to be there. Okay, so th- this is where, like I say, where, uh, where these technology, you know, where psychics, powers, and technologies can work together. You know, and of course, if you have one guy up there who says, okay, we're bringing stuff across, telepathy, okay, the police don't, all right, they're bringing it across, you know, so you don't have to worry about, like, radios not working or, right, you know, and, and get people's attention. Everybody, we're coming across, and everyone down below gets the big broadcast, and like, oh, okay, you know, people who aren't paying attention, they're looking on their phones, don't suddenly walk into the, you know, in, in front of the, the giant truck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's there's uh, you know stuff like that. So um, all right. So that's uh, and and I did give an example of like protective gear, uh, where you know people with psychic powers that 
allow them to be protected against things that we don't have good protection against, like radiation. You know, we don't have good protection against it. You know, ra uh, you know, we say, oh yeah, sure, we got it. You know, uh, lead. Okay, but lead, you know, is good against alpha and beta particles, but gamma particles just punch right through it. And okay. uh, you know, and we won't even talk about things like you know, uh, neutron, well, neutrons are, yeah. are even worse depending upon their speed. So if you have psychic abilities that allow you to to do that, then you know. You're great. Now, the solution to that currently, because we live in a world without psychic powers, is to build a robot that basically is called telepresence, where you are seeing out of lenses on the robot, hearing things that the robot is basically a plat a sensory platform with arms uh, yeah. and, and, and manipulators, and you go in and you do the work that you would you would be doing if you were there physically, you know, and you're somewhere else doing safe doing it safely at a safe distance, okay? In a, in, a, in a case of a disaster, that might not be as easy to do. You know, you might be harder to get to places to do the things that you need to do, and you might need to, you know, sometimes people might actually try to, might sacrifice themselves in order to save people, like what they did on some of the nuclear submarines when bad things happened to the core and people literally had to go in there. They basically had a line of them. And uh, they said, okay, each one of us is going to go in and we're going to work on it. And it's, as soon as it gets fixed, then nobody else has to go in. And everybody who goes in basically knows they're not coming out. And, uh, you know, that was, I think, called K-12, the Widowmaker. It's a Russian submarine. Okay. Yeah. It was a tragedy, but it was, you know, it, it was because, you know, they, they, they built those you know, those nuclear cores on submarines as well as they could with the technology they had, but they weren't very good because they, that their technology, it was all new. It was all new stuff, you know, but it allowed them to be a much more effective submarine because they could stay underwater for months at a time instead of having to come up to the surface. So, you know, it, it's that was the price that you 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 uh, you had to assume when you went on to a nuclear submarine was is that it's, it was a lot... It was a lot safer. Uh, it was harder to detect them, and they could go deeper, and, and you know, than other submarines and other ships, you know, that could be attacked. But you know, you were in an, you you were very close to something that could instantly kill you, or in a very short yeah. period of time. And you know, and sometimes that happened. Well, again, that that's the whole thing with the military. You are signing a check that says. I hereby give to the government and the people of this country everything I have up to and including my life. You know, going in, there's a chance you're going to be on something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and, and yeah. that's great unless you unless you've been drafted. Well, drafting still, you're that that's you're still going in. It's just it's part of the lobby now. Getting shanghaied, okay. Then we got you know or whatever proper term it is for. Shanghaiing is uh, you know the press gangs, yeah, where they would just grab people and throw right, them, yeah. they would knock them the, out, and they'd wake up on ships and said, "Welcome, ship. yeah. welcome yeah. to the Royal Navy." Yeah, it, it's just I was trying to find another term other than that Chinese term that's probably not. Yeah, press gangs were used in, in England. Press gang, yeah, in Britain, yeah, that was, and uh, they love they love to uh, you know to grab people who were a little too late drinking a little too much, right. Yeah, just trying to, you know, not offend Chinese listeners here saying, we, we don't say that. Okay, sorry. Just, I was trying to find the other term, and it was right. press-ganged in the service. Yeah. Yep, yep. But if you're draft, but if you're drafter, you sign up, you know, willingly, you still, that's, you're still going moderately under your own free will. Otherwise, then you're like, wait a minute, what do you mean there's a reactor here? Yeah. Excuse me. Ooh. Right. <laughs> well, every society decides... How valuable its citizens are, yeah, and uh, you know it's it's usually it's usually decided by people that are not in any way at risk, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Which is which is the uh, you know which is why you know governments need to be very moral and they so rarely are, right? Right. So we were talking about all these things. What you know, and um, I, I I did want to talk about you know the you know the reason why. Technology um, is almost, you know, uh, uh, it's almost always going to be, con 
It, it looked from an outside point of view is always going to be better than people having psychic powers, unless those psychic powers could do stuff that the technology can't. Okay, uh, and these are some of the limitations that that psychic powers have in comparison to machinery. So, for example, machinery can always act faster than human thought. Yeah. Okay. So you know, um, you know, machines, you know, will, will react. You know will react faster, move faster, process faster. They can be they can they can be more coordinated, but they don't have the 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 but every all their wisdom has to be programmed into them. Yeah. So, but if it just comes down to that one thing, then that's, you know, that's really going to make a big difference. Okay, so the um uh the second thing is that machinery and we are talking about more modern things, okay? Machinery can adapt to injury, okay? You know, you go and you go and t lose a wheel uh, on a six-wheeled wagon, all right? You can possibly shift the cargo around and operate without that wheel, okay? You lose a leg on a person, yeah. You know, you know they're they're not going to be able to, you know, uh, they they can't adjust. And nor is it that usually it's a lot easier to fix things. I mean, you can fix. Fix machines faster than yeah. you can fix people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, machineries are is easier to test for precision, power, and endurance than humans are. Uh, though this might change significantly if they, you know, if, if some of the abilities we're talking about is the ability to make these kinds of evaluations. Yeah. Okay. Machineries are patient. Machinery doesn't get, you know, they may get worn out, but they don't get tired. They don't, they don't get distracted. They don't, uh, <laughs> they, they, they don't wish they had another job. Yeah. You know? And even, even when it's my, the brave little toaster, what they, they all want to do what it was they were created for. <laughs> no God, matter, I haven't seen that movie. In oh, it's, they're so sweet. Okay. And some of them are, are, are I mean, there, there's a lot of philosophy in brave little toaster. I want, yeah. 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 All right. Um, and and of course, machine redundancy can be a lot greater. You can be a lot more machines than there can be psychics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, because once you made it, you can make it make more of them, unless they've got some material in them that there's limitation, like right. you know, rare earths or something like that. You know. Or the nuclear, the aforementioned nuclear isotopes, where you have to process them and you don't have as many. So yeah. Now again, if you have a you know, the, uh, if, if you have a psychic power and it's related to your family line, well, then it basically comes down to how many babies can your family produce. Yeah. You know? So you might be able to produce more. Well, well a, so a society would do the thing of, okay, we will subsidize, just keep making kids and we will subsidize because we need your family's abilities. Just. Right. Yeah, your your value to the society. If you're of childbearing age, then yes, we will fund and subsidize you handsomely to keep giving us more people with this ability. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately, in conclusion, Psy and technology depends an awful lot on the setting and you know, the level of technology. Psy yeah. in the psi in the that appears in the first century is going to have a, a different role in the society than psi that appears in the nuclear age. Yeah, and so you know because once you get to the point where you've had the industrial revolution, you have the uh, you have the assembly line. You know you have especially later on when you have robots making things and you have lasers making sure that everything is exactly cut. Reliability goes up. Uh, costs go down. If you have recycling, then then a lot of the waste products that come out of, of of major industries, you know, can be recycled or reused or reduced. Okay, where before you know before you might have been using psychics to to do things to them, disintegrate them, you know, or fly them to the moon, where there you know, all the nuclear waste fly to a, a a place on the moon, you know, and and because everybody who says things like, why don't we fire it in outer space? It's like, well, have you have you not? Have, have, were you watching when they were doing SpaceX and how many of those uh, spaceships blew up on the launch pad or you know halfway up 
wherever they were yeah. going. You don't want that happening. Do you really want that raining back down? Yes, yeah. exactly. You don't want you don't want that raining back down, which is why I was all in favor of of uh, putting them in glass and storing them in 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 cubes and yucca flats. Because at some point in the future, I figure that we may have a use for all for the medium aged nuclear isotopes. The fast stuff's going to disappear quick. You could just dump that into a... If it's going to be gone within like a year, you can just dump that into a holding tank there at the nuclear power plant. But if it's going to last, you know, a couple hundred years per half-life, then, yeah, it needs to be stored someplace. And those are still highly radioactive, highly active materials. And there might we may discover a very important use for those in the future, like in a space drive or time travel, or who knows? Because <laughs> energetic energetic nuclear materials are always going to some, as we know from stories, are always somehow going to find a use. You know, <laughs> it just may take some time to figure it out. Yeah. So, I mean, the originally radium was used to make watches glow. Oh yeah, I remember you mentioned that in a previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was their primary use for it. Yeah, remember we talked about that before, and I'm like, wait, what? No, and I'm yeah, I was just like, wow, they really didn't know anything. Yeah, and just- and <laughs> all all the women, and it was women, okay, who were were doing, you know, the they they most of them died of radiation poisoning because they would lick the ends of the of, of the brushes, okay, to to first of all make it into a point, and secondly, so they could touch the radi- radium powder. Or, uh, or 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 paint, okay, and then brush it on the on, on the little numbers on the watches and things like that. So they ingested a fair amount of radi- radium and died as a result, or had babies that were not so good. Anyways, all right. So that's all I've got. Anything more that you'd like to add? Um, I did mention to you. Uh, I found examples of psionic technologies. Okay. That that are in. And these are both OGL sources, and you, you know me and OGL by now. Sure, I love OGL. You never have to. You never have to talk down OGL to me. So the whole reason why we, whole reason we did D twenty Modern was because we wanted to be able to grab all those hundreds, if not thousands, of supplements out there. Okay, the first one I have, um, it is from Perpetrated Press, which they're out of business. You'd have to get this book at a a used gaming store or a place like noblenight.com. It is called Arsenal. Now, it is technomagic weaponry, armor, grenades, explosives. But they also have... I got the hard copy right here. On page 79, psionic firearms. Basically, it's like... I mean, they already have a magical firearms unit, but they did it for... And this is, you know, the psionics handbook... So this is still 3-0, but you can adapt it to um, Ultimate Psionics from Dreamscart Press if you're playing a Pathfinder game. And basically, these guns are not made. They are grown, so it's kind of bio tech And these things, yeah, they kind of look bug-like, and they've got little nodules on them, and, you know, one of them will act as the trigger. And they have force blasters, uh, disruptors, Inflictors, negators, side burners, which basically it's like a, a handheld flamethrower. Screamers, which are sonic. Yeah, so I mean, they're, oh, let's see, I'm trying to see the powers here that are, yeah, basically the concussors are, are kind of like just a force blast and it does force damage. And you would, as I said, you'd, you could use dispel psionics on them to nullify them like you would uh a wand you could hit with dispel magic and it would negate the the thing but yeah it's but you would have to have the infrastructure and the science level to basically grow these organisms and their one power is to well emit said power when this particular thing is activated i.e the trigger and uh let's see living creatures psychogenic psychogenically engineered to perform one function emit a certain type of attack they have a very alien biological appearance, and individual instances of the same variety may possess cosmetic differences. Oh, we decided to grow the force bug rifles green this year instead of black. A lot of people think the black looks a little too, you know. So, yeah, that's one example of 
sci-tech is bioengineered psionic creatures that you can hold. And I mean, some of them get like to be the size of a, you know, assault rifle. So you got this like, you know, four foot long bug thing that you're holding that you're blasting basically magic missile. Well, they could be, they could be size, uh, the size of a field piece. Oh, you mean like artillery in that? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, no, they go all the way to heavy machine gun and auto cannon. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and let's see, auto cannon, they say here that's huge. So, yeah, an auto cannon is the size of a field piece. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And the other one I wanted to bring up, and this is a system I've been using for a long time. Um, Sean Burke has a company called Fruit. Well, it's pronounced like the cereal Fruit Loops, but it's spelled F R U G H T L U P E S. And it's his setting called Center Space. And it's far future and little parasite like aliens have biotech and all this. And they had another race that uh, very, very highly advanced, uh, basically jellyfish creatures that create psi crystal. And it's a brittle, that brittle crystalline substance with a structure resembling the neural structure of the brain, allowing it to store and mimic mental abilities. Yeah, under specials, uh, individuals provide psi power, which is trapped in a storage matrix like crystals that can be used to power machines or used by less talented users. Yeah, so the psi crystal, you can sit there and make spirit stones, which hold psychic power points, power shards and wands, or even psychic enhancements. And these are things like force shields, a mental scanner where it basically be detect psionics, a memory, memory scrambler, a mind mimic, which basically um, records a person. And you could probably use it to like dump into a clone later or whatever. A mind shield, which gives a plus four to will saves. Navigator. This is the one where you hook this side crystalline device up to your starship and allows you to navigate through space easier. And again, a psi gun, and it says ballistic and fire damage. Okay, so technically it's a psychic, but by that, okay, let's see. Instead of a burst particle energy fired across a laser beam, a constant stream of plasma energy is released. They're psychically linked, enabling somebody with psychic ability to cause more damage as well as other benefits. Yeah, uh, plus two attack, plus two to, to possibly stun, plus 20 feet to the range increment, plus one need to damage. Yeah, so I mean, a normal person could use this stuff, and all of the psychic enhancements, as they call it, they have augmentation, where if you dump psychic PowerPoints in, it becomes device plus, as Lister would say. So, yeah, it, it this is another example. And as I said, the, the race that created this, the Nemanse, they did it because they didn't have psychic powers, but they wanted to do it. So they made a deal with another race, the Siduri. And so they made the Psy Crystal and just had, I mean, they incorporated it in themselves. They had like organic computers inside them. So, yeah, these are two examples I've had of a society building psionic devices to help them do things. The psionic firearms and arsenal could be basically law enforcement, military. And the psychic tech, as I said, the, let's see, extra power points, power shards and wands, which would be like rods and wands for magic use. And then the psychic enhancements, which are just, well, devices. And they're all made of the psi crystal, and it's Whenever within five feet of a sentient being, it has a DR of 20 and 60 hit points. Once it, it has to be in constant use or on a person or near a person, it starts getting brittle. It is a living form of crystal. So from what I've usually seen with psionic technologies, it has some type of biological essence to it that it either it's like the psionic firearms, they're grown, or the psychic tech, it's this crystal that must be around living beings or it starts getting brittle and after a while it'll just turn to powder. Now the Nemanse, they put all this stuff inside of them. So that's where they get the heck they have a computer system and a galaxy wide internet because they got these psi crystal computers inside them. And these things called NIM crystals that their consciousnesses can go anywhere their their realm reaches. And it's kind of like an astral plane and they've got rules for NIM running and all this. But yeah, those are just two examples I found when when Bruce brought this up. It's like mental Rolodex. Oh, I have this and this. Okay, I can use these as examples. And as I said, both of these are OGL and just, yeah, they can be used for, you know, just convert them to your favorite mechanic. But yeah, just a couple of things I found, the two prime examples I use the most for Psy Tech, as I would call it. You know, when you mentioned these Psy Crystals, 
and by psi crystals, I'm referring to things that can store psychic energy. Okay, uh, you know. Oh, the spirit stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, th that's an example of them. That you know, you're, in your game, you know, uh, in our listeners' game, they can be any number of things here. Some of the some of the big advantages is is that okay, if you have a psi crystal that can store psychic energy. That means that, and if it is attached to a technology, that means that a person who is a psychic can use psychic powers because the psychic crystal is powering the device. It's not being powered directly by a person who is psychic. Oh, so you're talking about the psychic enhancements like the force shield, the mental scanner, the psi gun, the navigator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know, in other words, you can leverage psychic powers, even if it's, it's relatively rare, you know, or not, not common. I don't want to use the word yeah. rare, common, so that, you know, like, you know, you, it could be used in a lot of different places. You know, uh, it's the, the, the power itself becomes uh, like like a, a battery. It can be used in any number of uses, okay, that, that you know, are specific and, and beneficial, you know, to the user, that is, you know, and they don't have to be psychic in order to use it. They don't, you know, it's, it's all basically inculcated into the technology and powered, the endurance and such is coming from the battery. All right. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, is that uh, if a battery uh, doesn't have, you know, when you push power through a, a cable, like electricity, okay, there's resistance. It, it basically, it, uh, uh, there's a limit to how much you can push through. And uh, which is why they go for things like, you know, they, they want things like room temperature superconductors is because yeah. you can push more power through. But there's also a thing in motors, which is actually caught, it's, it's a counter force that basically tries to keep the, the thing from going out of control. It's, it's something that happens in electric motors. And so if you don't have that with a crystal, if basically a, a crystal is just like, you know, you just, you're just tossing in more energy. It, you know, it, it's, it's like, it's, it's like a capacitor. You just keep throwing in more energy. You can then go and, and you can take like a lot of people who may not have powerful psychic abilities to the point where they may not even be useful other than to them personally. And you can siphon off that power. Okay. Into a, uh, one of these crystals where aggregated, it can produce an effect that is worlds above what any of these people could have done individually. So basically a psychic enhancer, it's like, oh, if I'm at a psych telepathic power level one, this device will amplify my power to 10. Or no, we we, we have to use the spinal tap reference. These go to 11. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, in other words, I have enough power to basically, you know, create a flashlight. Okay. If, if, if a thousand of us get together and put our power into this crystal, now I can do a light. Now somebody can do a lightning bolt. Yeah, kind of like the five warpers I said. One can right. teleport, and then, but you get a 10,000 together, you can move a North America-sized craft. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's that's another advantage of having these things, that they can aggregate power, okay, uh, that you might not. And th thirdly, is is that the power itself, uh, you know, can be, uh, can be stored and can be stored over time. If it doesn't, like, leach out over time. So... You know, kind of like you're getting ready for the next war. The longer you have to charge these crystals, the more safe the population is because your enemies know that you have more and more of this power that can be used to power offensive devices. It's kind of like stockpiles of bombs, okay, you know, or planes or things like that. Something like this, you know, if, especially if it can be easily converted from uh, peacetime use to wartime use. So here you are, you know, take, you know, everybody's doing their part for the security of the nation. And they're basically uh, going down and, you know, every, you know, once a week going and draining, in, you know, their excess power, you know, in, and maybe getting the credit, you know, maybe getting paid for it. Donate and, a little bit of psychic energy to help defend our people. Right. You know? and, and, and that goes to where it can be used for the defense. So your everyday people can feel more invested in the security of their own nation or just doing things like, you know, uh, this, if, if it's being used to make warp drives work. Okay. You, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you don't think you can do much, but a hundred of you can send a ship to Alpha Centauri. So, yeah. you know, get, go on down to the, to the, the, the collection site and, uh, you know, and do your part. 
So, yep. and it can be done safely too. You know, you, if, you know, you don't have uh, these people who might otherwise have to be, uh, you know, all those people show up, you know, uh, and aggregate and touch each other and form the psychic kumbaya and then use their power. Okay. You've seen it, you know, where everybody just touches each other and suddenly they have so much power, but all it takes is one grenade and it's all gone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I, I believe in Ultimate Psionics, the concept is called Meta Concert. Yeah. 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 You know, they can do this and store this stuff, you know, and safely. And then the people who are willing to take the risk or are prepared to take the risk, you know, they can then take that power and use it effectively, you know, and you haven't eliminated your possibility of doing more and producing more power in the future. So, you know, it's power crystals of whatever name you want to give them can really make a big difference into the stability, uh, into the scope, uh, uh and uh, of, uh, of your, psychic uh, systems, your, your, your psychic, you know, um, technologies. Okay. So I would say that, you know, if, if possible, you know, if you were designing a culture in which psychic power was available, the ability to, to do this, to store psychic energy for later use when it's really needed would be a really important thing and could even be something that could be a form of coin. You know, is everyone always needs something that is, uh, you know, a, a, a form of coinage, and yeah. you know, this is this is something that you know could could be very useful. I always felt that in post-apocalyptic games, you know, uh, Fallout, you, they use bottle caps as coinage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I always Remember thought that. that what they did in Stalker was better because they use they use bullets as cash. Well, yeah. So if you wanted to buy like a, a canteen, you had to give up five bullets because bullets had an innate value in that they kept you alive. Yeah. They allowed you course. to feed yourself and other things. Okay. We also have the thing of, uh, you know, <clears throat> cigarettes in our penal system. Yeah. 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 But I'm just saying is it in, under, so things like psychic crystals, you know, and, and games, for example, uh, uh, Skyrim. Another fall, another Bethesda game. Uh, yeah. When when, uh, when you kill monsters, you can capture their souls and put them into soul crystals, which become valuable, and then you can use that, them either the soul gem. Right. Yeah, the you soul can use them, that the Dremor use. Yeah. Right. You can then use them to charge up your wands, making you yeah. more powerful, or you can take them and sell them and for as and for money. You yeah. Know? And so I'm just saying, is it psychic? You know, psychic crystals, psychic batteries. Uh, are probably going to be important uh, if you allow them to exist in your campaign. You don't have to have them, not at all. But yeah. I'm just saying this is that they can be a real game changer if you do, and they open up a lot of possibilities to make people with smaller amounts of psychic ability or power to be more useful. Okay, well, thanks everybody for listening to us. Uh, we hope we've given you some thoughts about how to integrate psychic powers with your society, whether it might be a low-tech, high-tech, uh, uh, or something crazy like Bureau 13 that seems to have all kinds of, of stuff. Uh, oh, and, and the one thing we didn't mention was, you know, if you're in a world, you know, if, if you're in an interdimensional game, you know, some worlds, they don't, they have anti-tech. You know, they don't, they don't allow technology, but they allow magic or psionics. You know, in another world, they may not let tech, but they may allow uh, uh, psionics, but not magic, and so forth. It's one more form of power that you get to choose from when the other ones don't work. And so that's that's can also make your games a lot more interesting in that regard. Anyways, thanks for listening to us. Uh, we hope you use this. If you do, uh, if you come up with some interesting ways of applying it, please let us know. Um, uh, leave a message on uh fans of the uh, uh, Gaming on the Frontier on Facebook or send us messages in the many ways that are available. And we will have more for you next week, but you'll have to wait until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed 
to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.